0: Hey, hey, welcome to Peaceful Place with Panda. As always, thank you for listening and I hope your day is going pleasant. Okay, guys, so as I am walking in this journey of, you know, working on my mental health, um, I am learning about how a lot of different aspects in our life affect our mental health. It doesn't necessarily just have to be you and know, your significant other or. It could be work or it could just be, you know, unresolved trauma from, you know, your childhood. It could be family. It could be a lot of things. Um, So today, the thing that I want to get into is seven non-sexual advices I wish I knew sooner. And I know it sounds crazy, but it'll make sense. So let's go ahead and get started. Okay, so start with number one. Your mental health is more important than your career, money, other people's opinion, that event you said that you would attend, your parents' mood, and your family's wishes combined. If you take care of yourself, it means letting someone else down, then let someone else down. And to elaborate on that, it's basically saying your mental health is important even if you have to shut the world out or, you know, shut down to recover and, you know, take time to heal yourself if it takes you to shut the world out get yourself together do that because people that really care and people that really understand will care and understand they will absolutely understand that you need that time to get yourself together get yourself regroup to be a better version of yourself because think about it this way how can you be a better say for my instance how can i could expect myself to be a better mother to be a better partner If I can't even properly function as myself, like how can I sit here and try to be a superhero for anybody else if I walk around with kryptonite in my pocket? I can't really, you know, help anybody else or, you know, be there and, you know, show up for anybody else if I'm not even showing up for myself. So basically what this is saying is take care of yourself. Like money can always be made again. People that really care will understand. With clear communication. I cannot stress that part enough. Clear communication. But people that care and love you will understand and they will be patient with you. I always take that into consideration. Okay. And number two, don't attach yourself to a specific person, a place, a company, an organization or a project. Attach yourself to a mission, future, and a set of values. This is the best way to follow your heart and avoid getting attached to someone that isn't right for you. Meaning that just because somebody was there for you when you were going through a tough spot or, you know, just because somebody was just there around certain points in your life where they just seem like they've always been there, it's the comfort that you should attach to, not necessarily the person because let's be real we've all been attached to at least one toxic person in our life and we knew that they didn't mean us any good but you know it was probably your comfort zone or you know it was convenient or it was something but basically what this one is saying is it's okay to be attached to something that's important like it's okay to be attached to you know, your ambitions into the things that you see see for yourself in the future or, you know, things that you really are passionate about. It's OK to be passionate about things, but just don't attach yourself and be like, OK, like you could say I'm passionate about sweets. That's that's the silliest um metaphor I can make. But it, the difference is to say that I'm passionate about sweets. So I want to attach myself to that passion for sweets. I don't want to just attach myself to like Oreos or like, you know, Skittles or everything, something like that. That's like the my fat girl metaphor (laughs) for that. But nonetheless, um, sometimes when you attach yourself to a certain person, a place or a company or organization, um, you get so wrapped up in what it is that, you know, the mission is that you don't really see the thing or person that you are attached to being you know hurtful to you or harmful to you or you know just somebody that is not conducive to what you're trying to do in life so it's okay to be passionate about something it's absolutely okay to strive for certain Mm. things i'm not saying don't i cannot stress that enough go for your goals go for your future go for your missions and your values but Just make sure that you're not attaching yourself to situations that don't necessarily align with what your goals, missions, and values are. Okay, and step three. Um, Love is a form of intimacy. You can't have intimacy without vulnerability. If your past makes you avoid vulnerability, then you'll never have intimacy. Avoiding vulnerability feels like self-defense, but in the long term, it's self-harm. And the way that I interpreted this is as far as the self-harm part, let me start there in the long run. It hurts you because it makes it easier and easier for you not to communicate. It makes it easier and easier for you just to process your own thoughts and, you know, stay in your own head and make a whatever decisions you got to make in your head without not giving the world or said just say one other person, your person, the opportunity to correct it. Like, how can they fix things if they don't know it's something wrong? Like how could they, um, know to not trigger you if they don't know that you were triggered, say they did something, they said something and you felt the way about it. But just as well as you felt the way about it, you also felt like if you opened your mouth to say, Hey, this triggered me, that's you having to open up old wounds and, you know, you exposing your vulnerability to this person. But if, this is somebody that you're trying to build with. If this is somebody that you're trying to, you know, strive and push forward with, you want to be able to show them all aspects of you. And I cannot stress that part enough because my partner, she'll probably be the first person to say it. Like I wasn't necessarily the most open person emotionally. I, I, I definitely didn't care to be vulnerable because it's like, I've dealt with so many shitty people in my life that when I had somebody that was in my face or have not had. I have somebody that's in my face that is genuinely trying to love me and genuinely trying to like be there for me, whether it's the good days or the bad days, she's still here. But I had to allow her to be like not say allow, but I had to open up to even allow that opportunity to present itself. So I am a firm believer in you have to be able to let your person in. You can't just let them in half the way. You can't just let them in. And, you know, when you're having a good days, that's all y'all talk about. But when you're having a bad days, like, what's the point of having a partner? If we can laugh together, we should be able to cry together. But you have to allow that person to be able to have that level of intimacy with you and to have that level of, you know, openness with you because, What's the point in how can they truly love you if they don't truly know you? Like, I know that I personally am getting better about discussing my feelings and talking about how I feel. But I wasn't always like this. And I'm pretty sure if I had better communication skills, a lot of friendships and relationships that I have had in my past experiences would have probably went a lot better if I was just open enough to be comfortable to be vulnerable, to express myself, as opposed to just shutting off, being dismissive and just being like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing it because I I, I don't want to be hurt again. But you always have to take into consideration that that person isn't your ex. Now, if it is your ex, I don't know what to say about that, but if you're with somebody new, you're starting something new, you're, you know, you building something new with someone new, you have to always give them a clean slate. It's not that they did anything to you. They're not the reason why you have those walls up. They have not hurt you. And that can really hinder relationships. You miss out on a lot of opportunities just because you're scared because of what other people have done. Like you'll sit and you will be like, yeah, no, I'm not Uh -uh. you know I'm just cool and I'm not trying to get attached to nobody I'm not trying to you know go down that road with anybody because you know I've been through some shit I'm not taking from you that you have been through some shit I have too it's surprising that I have I I decided even go back into the dating world but it was when I wasn't looking I found the love of my life and I'm grateful but the only reason why this works so well is because I had to let those walls down I had to be vulnerable with her. And I say this all the time. I'm always giving her her flowers while she's here. If it wasn't for my wife, I probably wouldn't have made it through these last few months. I have been a mess and she has been amazing. But the whole point of that is to basically say this. It's okay to have a guard up. Because that, I mean, it's a defense mechanism. But at the same time, I always take into consideration that How can y'all really have some like something real, something genuine? If you're not giving that person all of you, you're only giving them the parts that you want them to have. Then they're only loving a portion of you. That's the simplest way I know to say it. All right. Number four, 99% of the harm is caused in your head. By you and your thoughts, 1% of the harm is caused by reality. What actually happens in the outcome? Most of the time, the problem isn't the problem. The way you think about the problem is you can fix most of your problems just by fixing your thoughts. So, to, to put it in my own words, the way that I see this, and I stress this a lot. I have to tell myself this a lot, that situations be way worse in my head than they actually do be in real life. Because... It is definitely my nature for the most part. It used to be my nature to always think the worst and, you know, be like in panic mode or being... Like, oh, this situation is this because of how I I perceive something or how something may have looked or sounded or, you know, attaching that with whatever bad memory that kind of associates with that situation. And you automatically go to the worst place as opposed to just being like, hey, I saw this, I heard this and... um this is how I feel about it. And I'm not going to say all the time is going to be, you know, they're going to correct you and be like, yeah. Or, you know, you do your own research outside of your head. And, you know, nine times out of ten, you will find a resolve that you'll find that the situation may not be as bad as you think it is in your head. We. Definitely can be eccentric in our own Mentals when it comes to certain things And thinking about worst case scenarios Because it could get real dark real quick We all know that So one of the best things to do in situations like this Especially like with your interactions with people Even if we just put Even mm-hmm. if we just say the people that matter The important people um, What we do say Is that We put the effort to talk to the people That are around us the people that actually matter. Okay, um, I didn't care for this. I felt uncomfortable with this. I felt a way about this. Um, It could be as simple as them apologizing to ease your mind. Or it could be them giving you their explanation about what happened from their perspective. Still could ease your mind. So don't always run with your first thought as, as far as assuming things. Or even if that is a thought, acknowledge that thought to yourself. But then at the same time, address the issue if you can with the other party, because it could definitely just be in your head. All right. Number five, if you want to feed a problem, keep thinking about it. If you want to starve a problem, take actions. Problems feed off worry. Actions kill anxiety. And that kind of just double backs to the statement of what we were just talking about, like nine times out of ten. Things can be handled and, you know, situated with just a simple conversation or, you know, a simple just taking action. Like personally for me, um, outside of just like just mental health um, with, you know, conversations with people outside of ourselves. For me, for instance, like this time last year, I was very uncomfortable with myself. Like I had body um, image issues, but with the body image issues that I was having, um, you know, I would complain and I would, mean you know, passive aggressively make, you know, fat girl jokes and stuff like that. Like, and I would try to uplift myself, but at the same time, subconsciously, I was really, really self-conscious. So instead of me just dwelling in my head, I started doing more about it. Like I tried to stay more active and now, now I'm, I'm going to the gym. I'm being active. I'm trying to get myself in shape. That's what I mean by like, the difference in between thinking about it because the more I thought about it, the more I just beat myself down, the more I tore myself down. And you know, like, ew, who's gonna be attracted to you? You know how you you know how it is. You know how you have your own dysmorphia, yeah, when you see yourself compared to how the world sees you. And that was definitely me. I could have the world telling me, Oh, you're not this, you're not that but I just felt I oh, don't know. I just was not pleased with how I looked. But I'm not quite there, but I'm a lot more satisfied with who I look like now as opposed to what I did then. So instead of me feeding my anxiety and mm-hmm. with worry and, you know, what ifs and what ifs and what ifs, I'm taking the initiative to do something about it because what's the point of just dwelling on a negative thought and letting it just dance around in your head? The longer it stays there, the worse it's going to get. So sometimes it's good to just rip the bandaid or, you know, slowly pull it off, whichever one is your speed, depending on the situation. But it's always necessary to go ahead and just like, you know, try to resolve the situation as opposed to dwelling in a situation because that dwelling is what is gonna make it worse. Okay, and number six, no one is as successful as Instagram makes them look. No one is as pretty as filters make them seem. The only healthy, real and worthwhile comparison is you yesterday versus today? You'll make real progress when you focus on that. So that for me speaks a lot because we live in a world where you know people post their vacations. And, you know, I'm in this tropical island and I'm doing this and you know, boss moves or whatever. Because you know, we live in a generation where everybody likes to brag. Some people really just you know speak about the things that they're humbly happy about and you know their successes but you know we have a, a we live in a world where a lot of people like to post on their social media um like their life is so extravagant and you know they're all of this and all of that but when you see them in real life they look miserable and they definitely don't look like their profile picture <laughs> but filters and social media have gave people so much instant gratification and it has made it easy for people that may be insecure they may not have this or have that it definitely sparks a lot of jealousy in it but one of the things i can say for sure is not everybody is living a life a lot of people will not post the bad stuff i mean don't get me wrong we all have been there where we've seen posts on facebook or twitter where you know exes are going at it or best friends are going at it and we read the comments whatever but It's rare that people put their worst foot forward. It's rare that people present their natural selves. Some people really do. And it's definitely appreciated. Just like real bodies are appreciated. Natural bodies are appreciated. Authentic people are appreciated in my world. I'm going to say for me. I can't speak for everybody else. But they are definitely appreciated. But the big thing I like to do, and I still do it now, and I highly encourage this. So... I try not to compare my life to anybody else because I don't know what nobody else's circumstances is because everybody looks happy on social media. And then your favorite couple's breaking up and you're just like, it doesn't make sense. Y'all were so cute. That's because they only posted the good stuff. They didn't post the arguments. They didn't post the the cheating. they didn't post the screenshots. I didn't, you know, you get what I'm saying. Like they didn't post about the interactions that they had that led them to that point. They only posted the good stuff because, you know, sometimes that's all that people like to project is the good things that look good, that feel good, that make them, you know, seem good. When in all actuality, you know, they could sometimes be real shit people um, or, you know, difficult people. It's kind of harsh for me to say shit people, but they could be difficult people. They could be people that are really, really nasty, really, really narcissistic, really stuck up on themselves and stuck up um, in their own situations. So. You can't compare, you know, what John Smith is doing and, you know, John Smith is in Dubai and, you know, his body looks great and da 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 Okay, we, we don't know if, you know, his life is really that good. The best thing to do in a situation is compare you to you, meaning I do it a lot. I literally will take pictures and I will go through, like, my, my social media and I will take old pictures from, like, a year ago, two years ago. And then I'll take a picture that I recently had and I'll I'll make like a little um, collage and put them next to each other. This is me showing myself, even when I don't feel like it, I have grown so much because I see me on a day to day basis. So I don't see the dramatic change. It just all it all looks the same, but somebody else sees something different. So sometimes the best comparison is for you to look at you, but then also be able to look at you and be like, OK, because sometimes I look at videos and I look at pictures in my cloud and no matter how much I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a really cute picture. Or, oh, that was a really, really fun moment because I can think of a lot of pictures and videos that I have on my phone where I was cute. I was cute as shit. Filtered, unfiltered, whatever, more than likely filtered. Um, but I was cute as shit. But at the same time, I know for a fact that I was going through a lot at that time, but I didn't want to talk about it on social media. So I just took to, you know, posting the good parts. See how that's tying together, yeah. But that's that's all I'm saying about that particular part because that can definitely be one of those situations to where you, um, you strive and you try to mimic. I never understand that weird shit of trying to like mimic what somebody else got going on. Oh, I want to do the same kind of trips that they do. No, use it for inspiration. It's always nice to have. Other people for inspiration, but I never would say that anybody else's life is my goal. I would never say that what somebody else looks like is my goal because it might look good on her, but it might not look good on me. It might look better on me than it look on her. But still, I don't. I try to make it a habit to not compare myself, my situations to anybody else because social media would have you thinking that people are one one way and then everybody that know them in real life be like, you know, you don't live like that. Don't be that person. Just live live your authentic life as your authentic self. And I promise you, you'll get further that way because who got time to sit and keep trying to fake the funk and project a certain picture. Mm, Not me. And number seven. Don't trust someone's words if their actions don't align. Their words will tell you what they want you to think. Their actions will tell you what they actually think. Meaning that I feel like we've all been in a situation to where, you know, a person says, you know, yeah. You know, they sell you a dream. They paint you this picture. that they did this phenomenal person. And then the closer y'all get, the more time y'all get, and you know, the more intimate you get with that person. And you realize that it was all a facade. How many times have we been with... A person, I'm going to say a male or a female, but how many times have we met this person and, you know, they're like, you know, I'm going to spoil you and, you know, I got you and I'm not like them other people that you dealt with and I'm I'm going to, I'm not them, I'm, I'm going to do better and I'm going to love you better. And then they take you through the same bullshit, if not worse. It's just like you gave them fucking instructions on where the other person fucked up at and they just got a little smoother with it, but then eventually you caught up with it. Hmm. But... I'm a firm believer and you can say whatever you want to say. I pay attention to your actions. I pay attention to your behaviors. I pay attention to, I still pay attention to your words, but I definitely pay attention to your actions and your behaviors more because I like stated, um, the words are going to tell you what they want you to think, but the actions really will tell you how they think and feel about you in that situation. That's like, that's like, let's see. That's like me saying, Hey. I hate that you come home late on Fridays. You come home at three o'clock in the morning and you've done this for the last three months, every Friday. It makes me uncomfortable. All right. We already know that you already got me fucked up coming in at three o'clock in, in the morning. I just want to start there, but it's just, just painting the picture. But it's like me saying that. And then you apologize. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that that made you feel a way. I was just been hanging out with my friends, um, but I'll do better. So then like said person says that really, really like puts a lot of emphasis on that. But then as clearly as all, as clearly as all of that is or seems, um, here it is the next Friday comes and when the next Friday comes, Boom, they coming in at 3 o'clock in the morning. So what was the point of you apologizing and saying, you know, I got it, I understand. Because for me, an apology without change behavior is manipulation. Meaning that you're just telling me this to pacify me. You're not telling me, I'm sorry, I'll do better. Because you genuinely are empathetic to what it is that I'm saying. And that you want to correct that because you don't want me to feel that way again. Because that's what an apology is to me. It's you saying, i don't like the fact that i made you feel that way i apologize i'll do better what's the point of you saying that if you're still going to continue to do the things because now you know and not to me i feel like that's just a slap in the face but that's just me um but as always yeah i know i get on a ramble sometimes and i'm not trying to do that but as always definitely all of this is up for interpretation to how this fits in your life and for your perspective um I want to thank you so much for listening. Um, And as always, it's okay to not be okay. Just don't dwell in it. Just don't dwell in it. That's the biggest thing to say. Like, it's okay to not be okay. But just as well as you can sit and say that you're not okay, it takes effort to get to where you want to go. You can't just say, I want to be better In the end, wake up and you're just better. It just doesn't work that way. It does take work. But always remember you're worth the work. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Peaceful Place with Panda. And you guys have a wonderful day.